Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I don't know if I'm going to be doing the intro music this week uh, because uh, we, Karen and I were talking about everyone knows about the Mike Leach news. Everyone, Karen and I were talking about this week, and I said we're going to handle this a lot more seriously than the Queen's dying. And if you missed the Queen Lizzie Memorial episode, go listen to that after this one. But as Karen said, this one's more important. This one hits all of us closer to home. Uh, generally, I ask Karen how he's doing, but I know the answer is shit. Uh, for those who don't know, Mike Leach died after a heart attack Monday night, and it just sucks. Yeah, it really does. It, it, and there were rumors that he was going to be retiring due to health concerns after the season. Uh, it's It sucks. Uh, college football lost probably one of its most unique characters in the history of the sport, a man who was so uniquely him. You see coach all the time and people have said all the same stuff on Twitter. So I'm not saying anything fucking new here, but a man so uniquely him who wasn't buttoned up, who was going to tell you how much he hated candy corn and to get eloped. And it's, it sucks that we're losing someone who is so important to the game with the air raid offense, but also just, who was himself 24 seven, a, a true character. Like he was, he was a guy that you could just keep talking about all the time because it, there was, there was never a dull moment with him. His press conferences off the wall, his Twitter posts, insane and hilarious. I don't think I've seen an unfunny or even ironically unfunny Mike Leach tweet. And I'm, and to be honest, I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm going to miss that. He's 61 years old. I've had, I had absolutely no connection to him at all. And yet I feel worse. And I think everyone feels worse now than they did 72 hours ago. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, someone who his interviews go on forever. He would love just to talk to people. Camera wasn't rolling. He didn't give a shit. He would talk to you for hours. I was reading one story from uh, SB Nation. He was doing an interview, took a guy on an eight-hour fishing trip in Key West. Uh, Talked about everything. One of my favorite things about all the coverage is, yeah, people are talking about the air raid, talking about the funny interview moments. He also just seemed like maybe one of the best people to ever be involved in college football. Uh, One guy, George Stoya, tweeted out how in 1999, his dad was watching Oklahoma practice when Leach was the offensive coordinator. And back to the facility said, do you need a ride? Mike Leach said, hell yeah, I ain't jogging. 
And they were talking, he was talking, Mike Leach was, about how, like, an apartment complex is the great, like, one of the greatest places to live, to raise kids. You have, like, playgrounds, other people, and all this. And Stoya was interviewing him 20 years later, and he brings up that story, because Mike Leach starts talking again about apartment complexes. Mike Leach really fucking liked apartments, apparently. And the guy said, like, oh, yeah, you told my dad the same stuff 20 years ago. And Mike Leach said, oh, yeah, I remember him. The guy didn't believe him, didn't believe Leach. And then at the end of the interview, Leach said, hey, tell your dad thanks for the ride. All-time all great story. See, that's just the kind of guy that Mike Leach was. He he was a very caring person, it seemed. Like, gave a shit about everyone around him, even, like, college students starting a podcast. He tweeted about a Wazoo podcast that a couple students started up about a few times, which is insane. No other coach gave a shit. That's such a wonderful, like, little story. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, it sucks. Uh, college football, not just college football, the world lost one of the few great people, not just coach. Uh, but, Cannon, I do have something to complain about. Go on. So, when thinking about the Hall of Fame, any Hall of Fame, do you think they should have requirements? Like, you need to have X number of wins. You need to have, you need to do this thing. Or should it be just like a vibe? Like, oh, you did some things. Those were cool. You were one of the best to ever do it. Whatever the fuck that means to voters. Like, that should be enough. The College Football Hall of Fame having a 60 win, 60% win percentage to be eligible is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard of in my life. It's it's really funny that you mentioned that because actually until two days ago or a day ago, I didn't know that that was a requirement. And the first thing people harped on was the fact that it was 59.6. I'm like, guys, guys, we're dealing with percentages here. That's that you round that sucker up. I don't care. How, I don't care how bad it is. You round that sucker up. You give and and just make it happen. Right. Even if it's a technicality, I don't care the, the, the mere fact of the matter is, is that Mike Leach was a great coach and he brought joy to so many college football fans as well as players and just had great all time stories. Honestly, those are the that those should only be the requirements is that you're a good, generally a good person and and have a solid winning record. And, you know, and again, he introduced. He didn't necessarily introduce the air raid offense, but he certainly perfected it. At, you know, to whatever regard you you take that, but you know, give it, give him the Hall of Fame. Like, come on. Yeah, he's no. one of the pioneers of the air raid. Yeah, exactly. That's like saying Buzz Aldrin wasn't the first man on the moon. Yeah, technically he wasn't. Still pretty fucking important to getting there. Yeah, right. It. It's the it's I just can't get over how stupid it is. And I don't even care about being a generally good person. Don't be a complete piece of shit. Yeah. It, and it shouldn't matter. Yeah. But it's and you look at the programs he coached at. We're not gonna count the Pori Bears out in Finland where he coached for a season. Although that <laughs> should fucking count for his Hall of Fame resume, too, mind you. But <laughs> Texas Tech, Washington State. Mississippi State, 
Kentucky as an offensive coordinator, Oklahoma as an offensive coordinator. I mean, outside of Oklahoma, none of those scream high-powered, historically great programs. Those are all little brothers, even in their own state. Texas Tech doesn't even get little brother designation because Texas is the big dog there. Then you have Baylor, you have TCU, you have SMU. Washington State, no one gives a fuck. They only care about Washington unless your name is Drew Bledsoe. (laughs) In Mississippi State, Ole Miss is the bigger name in that state. Absolutely. And Mike Leach took all of these programs and made them relevant to the college football landscape. You're telling me he's not a great college football coach? You don't fucking know college football, and you should not be allowed to vote on coaches getting into the Hall of Fame. Agreed. That 60% rule is ridiculous. He, he, has done, he has done more for the sport as a whole than most other coaches. Yeah. 100%. And it's, it's going to be a shame if in 20 years we look back and Mike Leach isn't in the fucking college football Hall of Fame. Yeah, it, it's going to be ridiculous. And it's now, the biggest slap in the face, too. I, I do think the College Football Hall of Fame will either change the rule or waive it. Yeah. E, e, just because of the public backlash. Even if they lower it to just win half your games. Yeah. Like, if you don't count the COVID year, Mike Leach was above that 600 threshold. I know, right? And and that that whole year has an asterisk next to it anyway. Put an asterisk next to the, the win percentage. Unless you want a national championship that year, keep that. That doesn't get an asterisk. <laughs> yeah. But if you're going to give players a mulligan, give them an extra year of eligibility for the COVID year, give coaches a mulligan unless you want a national championship. Say, like, this year doesn't count against your major records. Yeah, absolutely. A quick bit of news about Mississippi State. Initially, defensive coordinator Zach Arnett was given the interim tag for their bowl game against Illinois coming up. That interim tag has been removed. He will be the permanent head coach going forward. And how quickly they did this, I it sounds like he was probably going to retire at the end of the year. Yeah. It, it sounds like they were ready to make Arnett the full-time head coach, but they put the interim tag on it for a few days just to test the waters. and also make sure or see how it was going to play out without doing it. But I, I think he was going to be the next guy up anyway. Yeah, it was pretty self-explanatory. Again, like it was too quick to just, you know, it'd be too quick to just name him the permanent head coach right after. I think, you know, a a 48 hour wait is, sounds about right for that type of, uh, announcement so yeah I, I think i mean mike leach was dealing with pneumonia i think the whole season wasn't he he had like on and off pneumonia and you know uh, that on top of a if i'm if i'm not mistaken i read the report right the um like an underlying heart condition or something like that so i mean he that was, it was bad shape but yeah but we lost a real one uh call tool is never gonna be the same and no we're, we're going to move on. I was trying to think of how to move on to this, to a new topic from this. You can't. Living in the spirit of Mike Leach, we're not going to. We're not going to have a fucking segue. We're going to talk about 
Tennessee State University running back getting rammed by his side piece in not in a good way, although depending on how you view things, getting rammed by a side piece probably isn't good anyway. But <laughs> Tennessee State running back Devon Starling was with his girlfriend uh, for a night on the town, let's call it that, to be nice. And then he gets back to his apartment at 2.30, sees his ex-fling slash side piece, who he had allegedly hooked up with the prior day, at his apartment out of jealousy, hoping he would tell his girlfriend. Uh, His side piece was the on-campus recruiter and director, not director of football operations, but worked within the football department. So that's a big no-no. She... Saw him, he drove around a bit, called the police like, hey, my side piece is here. Probably didn't say that with his girl from the car. Went somewhere else, parked. The girl's name is Ariel Escobar. Her name's been reported, so I don't feel bad saying that. Uh, saw he parked, rammed his car, and dumped ketchup on it. Nice little touch. Yeah, I mean, so uh, throw ketchup. Starling's okay, it seems. Got back into his apartment, but throwing ketchup on his car, scratching his apartment door. She's been charged with two felony counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and one count of misdemeanor vandalism for the ketchup. (laughs) For the ketchup. (laughs) That sounds like such a ridiculous charge to add add to aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. I Yes, they probably didn't put with the ketchup in there. I'm just adding it for context. I I pray they did it. It would have been so much funnier. <laughs> I hope someone says it in the court filings or in the court oh, case. Uh, bummer. Kenan, what are your thoughts? I have some thoughts on this, and I have some tips for how not to handle your side piece, but I want to hear your thoughts first. My guy, I don't know. Like, clearly, oh, Not I- on the side piece thing, uh, just the story in general. No, I obviously I just I, how am I supposed to respond to this? This is just some crazy X or side piece or fling or whatever you want to call this. Just having a, I don't want to say a mental break because that sounds wrong, but just, you know, getting worked up on jealousy. Like, goddamn, don't be running around with multiple people, I guess. There's, there's nothing you can do about it. Some people will just act crazy. We would not be talking about this if she did not work for the football team as well. That just makes the story hilarious to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, she could never go back to any sort of normal job now with a uh, with a charges like that. You're, no, you're just not. Yeah. Unless and it sucks. It sucks for her. But unless she wants to work for the tailgate on the pod on the quad podcast, uh, <laughs> we will gladly welcome her with open bed. So I'll I'll welcome her with an open bed. But <laughs> I'm single, so I can say that. That's why I changed yeah, I know. the lead. I know. I'm... I can say that Kiernan cannot. Which is moving us on to our second point of this. Tips for how not to handle your side piece. Number one, having a side piece in the first place. Yes. It is never, ever going to work out positively for you. No. Ever. No. Either someone's going to get their feelings hurt. Someone's going to get pregnant. Your girlfriend's going to find out. It's going to end badly. Don't have a side piece. Step one. If you can't follow step one, take her car keys away. (laughs) And I don't mean it in a malicious way. 
I don't mean to keep her at your point. I mean, just take them away. If you're going to be with your actual girlfriend later on, take her keys. Throw them in the woods. Remove. No, no. What you should say is remove the possibility of being hit with a car. (laughs) Take that out of the equation. Any sharp objects. The biggest knife in her apartment when you're leaving. Take that with you. Throw it in the woods. Not to use subject, just because they're going to get pissed and grab the biggest knife. So you take that away. So they have, they have to think like, shit, where's my big knife? What's my second biggest knife? You're gone. Once I, I, the first knife is gone, that shock you use as an excuse to get out. <laughs> I would I would argue that just take the whole block because those it's the smaller ones that you need to really watch out for because those can be concealed quite easily. <laughs> Yes, but not everybody keeps all of their knives in the knife block. That's like true. a smaller steak knife. So take the biggest point, one. That's, that's more for if you're there and they get pissed, not if you see them in the wild. Okay. And true point. Um, if you're going to have a side piece, make sure that they like everything plain. They don't have ketchup with their fries. They don't put mustard on them. Take all condiments out of there. <laughs> It, and I think that that's the any nope. possibility of messes. That's that's what it should read. Clorox bleach, yeah, get all that out of there. Just clean their apartment for them and use up all their equipment. If you're gonna have a side piece, the only white condiment she needs in your mouth is coming from. I'm gonna move on because someone's going to hear that. I'm going to get an angry text about how I am gross. I think everybody knows where I was going with that. I'm talking about semen. (laughs) Didn't think you were going to actually say it. Story, this has an explicit tag on the podcast. When we release it, nobody I work with listens to it. It doesn't matter. That you know of. Uh, No, one person have asked me the name of my podcast, and I... Have refused to tell them, yes. Yeah. I was like, no, Dan, I'm not, I'm not telling you. And then he hasn't asked since, so. Good. Uh, this is, speaking of getting fucked, we're going to talk about Navy coach Ken Nui Matalolo. I think that I pronounced that right. Uh, well, former Navy coach. For those who don't know, Army beat Navy last weekend in America's game. And the Navy coach knew it sucked. Ken knew, probably should have won, would have liked to have won, but he thought he had a job next year. Nope. AD came into the locker room to fire him immediately after the game. Yikes. That's rough. I would argue that, though, that that's, that's better than how Herm Edwards got fired. Like, on the field is worse. I, I was going to say, he did make it further than Herm Edwards. He made oh, it further true, than true, Lane true. Kiffin. He wasn't left on the tarmac. He was... Although Lane Kiffin got further because he would have had to go to the locker room to get to the tarmac. So he... Somewhere between Herm and Lane. That's how yes. bad this firing is. Yes. That, that's, our, that's our metric from now on for firing coaches. We should actually look at all the ways coaches are fired and have a metric for like what's the best, what's the worst. Best is probably what they'll do to Kirk Ferentz. Like, oh, you're getting fired if you don't fire your son, but we'll let you say you're retired because you've been here for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, Worse is 
Worst that's actually happened is being left in the tarmac. Worst yeah. that could happen is at halftime. Yeah, that would be bad. That would be real bad. We'll we'll make something up for the metric for bad firing. But yeah, I mean it it does kind of suck for him. Uh he wasn't great, but uh, I don't know if service academies have great coaches anymore. No, I don't think so. I mean, I think it was he was the most successful coach of all uh, at Navy. The winningest coach uh, in Navy's program history. So 108 wins, 83 losses. Um, you know, that's a very respectable, you know, academy team record, I think. You know. For a service academy, 100%. Yeah. Uh, also, won five bowl games. Yeah. Six bowl games. Which is nothing to gawk at either. It was six and five in bowl games. That's, that's pretty a win- good that, for a That's game. a winning record. Uh, went eleven and two in twenty nineteen. Uh, then three and seven in the COVID year. But we said if you had a bad year, that doesn't count. Yeah. Four and eight last year, and then four and eight this year. So maybe going on a downward trend, but. Still, I, I think he deserved maybe one more year. That's fair. I mean, I, I, I get it, but like, you know, who's going to take that prestigious of all jobs? I, I, you know, who cares enough about, about the Naval Academy's football team to really. I'm glad you asked, Kiernan. Oh, here we go. I am throwing my hat in the ring. Also, it's insane. Two of probably the greatest coaches of all time. One, the, the greatest NFL coach and the greatest college football coach. Both have ties to Navy. And I could 100% see them retiring from their current position to go coach at Navy. Oh, shit. That's a good point. I didn't think Not retire, that. but like, I'm going to hang them up. I'm going to go to Navy, win like eight games a year, and just yeah. chill. Yeah. And by that, I mean... Take it far too seriously because they're probably psychotic and fuck around and win a national championship. <laughs> Could you fucking imagine just, you know, say Nick Saban at the helm at, at Navy and people just are getting recruited into into the armed forces at record numbers purely to play under Nick Saban? Uh, I don't think Navy lose any game on their schedule no. at that point. And no, I also, no. I don't think we're going to anyway. The American Navy would dominate any war. Oh, 100%, yeah. They probably already would, but even more so. Yeah. It, we're talking like early 1900s Teddy Roosevelt Navy. Yes. They rock up, they just rock up and start blowing holes in ships. That's That's what they do. I kind of I don't want Nick Saban to do it, uh, but if he's going to retire and go to Navy for like two years, I, I'd be okay with it. That's yeah. the only place I'd, I'd yeah. be like, you know what? Nah, fine. Got to support the troops, Nick. You, you, you see, I know I can see it in your eyes. You definitely sort of want it to happen. 
I like, want just, it to happen when he's ready to hang him up. Like if it when it becomes either I'm retiring or I'm coaching at Navy for two years and then retiring. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That that's all you need. You need two years and you'll they'll, they'll win an attic. <laughs> no, hundred percent. No, it'd be glorious. Uh, some more coaching news. Bobby Petrino is the front runner to take over the Texas A&M offensive coordinator job, which is hilarious. I want him to wear the neck brace at his press conference. Uh, and it's it gives another guy for Jimbo to blame that his offense sucks, even though it's definitely his fucking fault. I mean, Missouri State, how have they been doing this year? I think they were competent. Kind of, It kind of depends. Like, why? So, 13-7. and seven. So, that's from last year to this year, 13-7. and seven. So, competent, sure. Oh, but they were 5-6 five, five and six this year. Mm-hmm. And it was a 2020 year, so it's an asterisk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, is he, he like the only reason is he's making more money? Like that's that's it. I I think it also would be easier to take over the offense for Texas A and M if they look confident. You'll get another head coaching job than to go five and six at Missouri State. That's fair. That's very fair. And, like, some of the losses are respectable. An 11-point loss to Arkansas, not bad. A 14-point loss to South, number two South Dakota State in the FCS. Number 17, Southern Illinois, 17-point uh, loss. But then you lost by 17 to North Dakota. Not North Dakota State. University of North Dakota. Arguably uh, worse. Yeah. Uh, not arguably. Very much worse. <laughs> a 21-point loss to Northern Iowa. Oof. A seven-point loss to South Dakota. Not even the Jackrabbits. It's just regular South Dakota. They did lose to South Dakota State, too. But, but hey, they beat Western Illinois by 50. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's just we need someone who's somewhat competent, so let's just get him. Uh, but with some other coaching changes, we've already had a good amount. Ken, are there any shocking coaching changes that you've seen so far? Uh, so the we kind of talked about our, our already. Um, Hugh Freeze, uh, for me, at the very least, uh, Deion Sanders and I think uh, Luke Fickle, who went to Wisconsin, do I have that right? Um, yeah. I think that that one was kind of a shock to me because I didn't really understand it. I don't think it was a shock like, oh, my God, like, this is insane. But I, I just kind of I'm still curious about it. I'm curious about a lot of choices, uh, mostly Auburn um, because they scare me now. Uh, I don't understand Deion Sanders' moves, and I don't understand Luke Fickle's moves. But like, other than that, I, I think it's it's fine. 
I mean, it's it's the coaching carousel. It'll do it'll do what when the, once the wheels start moving, they tend not to stop until about February. So, yeah, I I agree with you on Luke Fickle. At, I'm surprised he left now. Although I don't know if he wanted to hang around. If Cincinnati was probably going to get worse and then lose all chance of a Power Five job, but why Wisconsin? Yeah, I don't know. I I, I mean, Cincinnati is cold, but Wisconsin's colder. I, ha- I hate to tell you that, buddy. I, it'd be easier to recruit offensive linemen. Oh, good point. Wisconsin, good point. yeah. That's so very that true. could be part of it. Uh, yeah, they're all farmhands up there. Yeah. Dion, uh, I'm surprised. Same, same situation. Why? Why this school? Why Colorado? Yeah. Uh, he did like, say it's because he likes the colors. Yeah, I mean, the colors are kind of nice, but actually, you know, I can't entirely knock him for that. I did choose to go to Penn State partially based on the colors. That's fair. Um, I don't look good in crimson, Kevin. I don't look good in crimson. That's fair. Uh, (laughs) I I look good in crimson, though, so we're good. Uh, I'm not surprised by the Hugh Freeze hire. Auburn likes talking about morals in the Auburn family. Uh, they are a bunch of soulless bastards who, if you've beaten Alabama once or twice, they'll just fucking hire you. They would hire Aaron Hernandez if he had beaten Alabama. <laughs> As a, like, if he didn't die. But yeah, I mean, I'm not just. I am surprised by two moves. Really surprised. I'm kind of surprised by Tom Herman to FAU. Uh, he wasn't bad at Texas. Uh, it went downhill a little bit at the end, but he wasn't a terrible coach. Didn't really meet expectations, but after taking some time off to go to FAU, kind of surprising to me. And then Trent Dilfer. Yeah, I was just going to bring that guy up. That I don't understand. Uh, like all these coaches, it has their previous experience, like, Kevin Wilson, Ohio State offensive coordinator to Tulsa. Tim Beck, NC State offensive coordinator. Uh, Jamie Chadwell, Coastal Carolina head coach. So on and so forth. Trent Dilfer, high school coach and former NFL quarterback. But Deion Sanders, they could have put and former NFL defensive back. No, they just said Jackson State coach because he has coaching experience at the collegiate level. Trent Dilfer coached a high school. You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And I, I want to bring this up. Whenever I mention Trent Dilfer, back during the plate gate, he was railing against the Patriots. And the greatest tweet I've ever seen is, Trent Dilfer is a penis-headed fuck. And <laughs> that's my favorite description for anyone I've ever heard. Okay, so to add to the 
Trent Dilfer's slander. Uh, a few years ago, it was during, you know, some random Sunday broadcast, uh, you know, middle of the day, just before the 4 p.m. game. And he said, you cannot lose football games and expect to win in the NFL. And that is a direct quote from him that I will literally never forget because it was so stupid. Uh, it, it blew my mind. I was like, I mean, he's not wrong. It's just I don't think he's quite fully captured what he meant to say there. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, hey, maybe that mantra will treat him well at UAB. <laughs> One would hope. Uh, it's it's going to be a shit show. I cannot <laughs> wait. I mean, at least Je- Jeff Saturday was competent enough to go from a high school to the head coach job of the Colts, but returning, for one game. Yeah, for one game, but he was returning back to a team that he played for, so he at least kind of knew what was going on. Granted, they had new coaches and everything, but, you know, you could argue that Jeff Saturday makes more sense. He yeah, is, seriously. I don't know if he is a Hall of Famer. If he's not, he should be. I think he is. Yeah, I but think so. he was a great center in the NFL. Yeah. Trent Dilfer was a middle of the pack quarterback who got his ass dragged to a Super Bowl win by one of the greatest defenses in NFL history. So yeah, it. I, I don't I don't understand the move, but also it's UAB, so I don't know if they really. It's not like a historically great program hired them. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm loving this little uh this little note that they have to to the to the right of it. They just go, but UAB is taking a huge or big risk hiring him over Vincent, the uh, the, the uh, Brian, Brian Vincent. Sorry, yeah, yeah. the interim. They're interim. <laughs> A grade of C minus, which is the most Trent Dilfer thing you could do. Yeah, absolutely. Middle of the pack, nothing to show for it. That's what you get with Trent Dilfer. Yeah, I mean, fair. But we we did just basically spoiled our week 15 pick. Uh, But we're going to talk our picks last week, our only picks. There's one game last week, Army versus Navy. Army was a one-point favorite with an over-under of 33-and-a-half. Kiernan picked Navy. I picked Army. Army won, so I get the point there. That brings us to 30-22. to So once bowl games really kick off, depending on how this week goes, we will be doing eight games, or nine games, so I have a chance to win for the perfect game. And a Kiernan terrible week. Yes. I I would need to lose every single pick, so... Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, Kevin. I'm not going to lie to you, Kevin. I am nervous. (laughs) You're just going to pick every game that I like. What I would do is make sure you pick at least one game identical score to me. Where's the fun in that? Yeah, there is no fun in it. And if you do that, I'm going to make fun of you, especially if I get all of them right. I'm going to make fun of you if you do that. Yeah, fine. All right, cool. Go on the same page. But for week 16, it's bowl season. Kiernan, are you excited? I'm so excited. My favorite time of the year. Fuck Christmas. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the bowl game I was going to go to if I didn't have a work thing I had to do. So we're going to talk Fenway Bowl. Cincinnati versus Louisville. Kickoff is at 11 at Fenway Park in Boston. 
Louisville's a minus one with an over under 42 and a half. Kierden, what do you have? Uh, I'm more convinced uh, by Cincy uh, over the span of the season. Give me Cincy 32, Louisville 17. I I like that pick, but I think I'm going to go Louisville on this one. I feel like, based on comments by former players, everyone fucking hated Satterfield. So they want to dominate Cincinnati to basically call him a fucking idiot for leaving. I'm going to go Louisville 30. Eh, let's go Louisville 21, Cincinnati 16. I know it's not dominating, but. Next up, we have the Las Vegas Bowl. Florida versus number 16, Oregon State. Kickoff is at 2.30. It is at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Oregon State's a minus 10 with a 52.5 over under. I'm rolling with the Beavers. With the Beavers because Florida's not good. Beavers 32, Florida 15. If I was to make this pick first, I would have asked what the weather would be in Las Vegas that week, uh, just so I could see who, in terms of temperature, who had favorite. Uh, but I completely agree with you. I would go Beavers 28, uh, Florida 14. I'd also like to point out, Allegiant Stadium is a dome. Yeah, but you still have to get to and from the stadium. That's fair, I guess. Uh, we also have two Rattlesnake Memorial picks this week to kick off lovely bowl season. We have the Cure Bowl, which is number 25, UTSA, versus number 24, Troy. Kickoff is Friday at 3, so I'm not doing anything Friday afternoon. Uh, Exploria Stadium in Orlando is the venue. Troy is a minus one and a half with a 54 and a half over under. Kiernan, who are you rocking with? Mm. Uh, I think I'm going to ride the wave of momentum I had from two weeks ago. Go Troy. Uh, Troy 30, UTSA 28. I think it's going to be a real close game. I think they're just going to edge it out. Um, but... I just, I, I, for some reason, I, I picked Troy against Coastal Carolina. I was right, so I'm going to stick to stick to them. Don't let me down, Troy. There, I'm going with the Meeps. Going UTSA yeah. 31-21. That's a that's a very solid pick. And also, just it's the under. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it matters because I basically no. go if one team wins, that that person gets the win. Right. <laughs> Next up, we have the, rights. Yeah, pretty much. Next up, we have the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Marshall versus Bowlbound Yukon. It is Monday, this upcoming Monday, not two days ago Monday, at 2.30 at Brooks Stadium in Conway, South Carolina. That is Coastal Stadium. Uh, Marshall's a minus 10 with a 41 over under. I'm rolling with the Huskies. 35 to 14. I just I just want to point something out before I make my pick, Kevin. Um, if you just flip the initials of those two teams, it goes from muck to come. So this is the cumble. This is the official cumble. Uh, I am also going to go with the Huskies. Uh, I don't think they're going to score that many points, Kevin. I think I'm going to go 21-14 uh, uh, Huskies. This is the unofficial cumble. The official okay. cumble. Yes, is, fine, fine, fine. 
UMass versus UConn, but unofficial Cumble. Yes. So, yeah, there are picks. We're going to see how many bowl games we're picking over the next couple weeks. It's probably, I feel like you're torn between wanting to do well, but also wanting me to kind of do well too, to catch up a little bit so we don't end up picking 12 bowl games. Yeah, no, it it, it is very much a, I want it to be close enough to say that I beat you, but not close enough. Or I don't want you to win, obviously, but I don't want to like just completely win by 30 or 10, 11, 12 points, whatever. Because that would just be annoying. That's the nice part about picking games. I get to pick how many. Yeah. Uh, and we haven't done it in a while. I did not tell Kieran we're doing it. Uh, we're doing Dog of the Week now uh, because we're on Skype. I don't have the video lined up, and I'm not fucking setting it up in iMovie because my video editor doesn't want to work with Skype. But Dog of the Week, as always, is brought to you by uh, Yeats. Head over to Yeats official promo code tailgate for 10% off your order. Uh, I am speaking for both Karen and I. Dog of the week, dog of the century, dog of the millennium, dog of time, dog of all time is Mike Leach. Agreed. There we go. Dog of forever. Dog of forever. Yes, he's our he's our nominated, no, uh, our unofficial. Dog. Yeah, unofficial. No, uh, official. Oh, official. 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 Sorry, sorry. Official nomination for dog of the eternity. And that is a nomination, and we have the voting. We're the voting party on this. So, Kiernan, who do you vote for for Dog of Eternity? Uh, it's got to be Mike Leach. I think he's done more for the game college football than anybody else. <laughs> yep, I go. My vote also goes to Mike Leach. So, officially, Mike Leach is the Dog of Forever, Dog of Eternity, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but moving on to some awards. It's, it's award season. It's bowl season, and it's award season. So we're going to go through, give some thoughts on awards if a player's won multiple awards i might just list them but heisman trophy caleb williams won it uh karen what are your thoughts on caleb williams winning the heisman uh i felt that was an interesting choice i mean he's definitely had a, a stellar season i just think uh max duggan uh and i felt like max duggan did more for tcu than Caleb Williams did for USC. And I know that sounds kind of ridiculous because they pretty much had the same stat line, but I think for TCU to be in the position they are, they wouldn't be where they wouldn't be there if it weren't for Max Duggan. And I think Caleb Williams was part of a system that was so good that they could be, that he could get there on, you know, on merit or on a good team or things like that. So that that's my opinion on it. But I mean, he did deserve it. He did. He did really well. That's fair. I mean, I, I think Caleb Williams deserved to deserve, win it. I think if you gave CJ Stroud, he would have deserved to have won it. Maybe less so just because of that Northwestern game. Yeah. Uh, I think Max Duggan would have deserved to have won. It. I think you could have talked me into any of those three winning it. It would have been cool to see Duggan win it. Uh, I think if Duggan played at USC and Caleb Williams went to TCU, Duggan would have won it, and we would have been talking about how Caleb Williams had a cooler story, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. uh, I have no issues with Caleb Williams winning it. I, I think I think the, the real message here, Kevin, is that we're just glad Stetson Bennett didn't win it. He came in that's, fourth. He, it, it was a career achievement vote. Yeah, but that's still not the point. It's that it could have happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. 
next up, Maxwell Award, another award for most outstanding player. Caleb Williams won that. And Caleb Williams won the Walter Camp Player of the Year Award. No real issues there. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it's kind of weird when a player wins the Heisman and then doesn't win the Maxwell or the Walter Camp. I know that they're different voting bodies. But I don't I don't know. Like 2020, Devontae Smith won all three. 2022, Caleb Williams won all three. 2021, Bryce Young won the Heisman, the Maxwell, but Walter Camp went to Kenneth Walker. I don't know. I just think it's weird. Uh, the Home Depot Award Coach of the Year went to Sonny Dykes at TCU. Great story. Uh, did a, done a really good job. Home run hire. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Jim Moore got fucking robbed. True. But that's my thought. That's my only thought on it. But, uh, yes, he did get robbed. But, uh, you know, they're in the CFP and Jim Moore is not. So, like, that's fair, but also, what was TCU's record last year? Uh, last year, I don't know. I'm looking it up right now. If my okay, five and seven, not great. Yeah, Six, I mean, four, five and seven, two. twelve and one is a hell of a turnaround, Kev. I would say six and five or seven and five from one and eleven is a hell of a turnaround. Okay, granted. Six and six, sorry, but still. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Bull bound, baby. All that matters. Yeah. No, it, it matters to be uh, have a chance to win the national championship. Uh, Doak Walker, running back award, B. John Robinson, no complaints here. Uh, if Bill O'Brien wasn't the biggest dumbass on the face of the earth, I would argue for Jameer Gibbs, but Bijan Robinson had a great season. Uh, Davey O'Brien, national quarterback, Max Duggan. No complaints. Nice to see the Dugster walk away with an award. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Although we're breaking up. Yes, well, we're getting there. Okay, sorry. Although it sucks to see the Alabama quarterback streak be broken. Oh, yeah. It's true. Uh, Bryce Young and Mac Jones won the last two, for those who didn't know. Uh, Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, Outstanding Senior Quarterback, Max Duggan again. Not surprising. Yeah. Letnikoff, Outstanding Receiver, Jalen Hyatt, Tennessee, completely deserved. He had a great year. Uh, well, I'm just going to start naming the important ones now. John Mackey, Outstanding Tight End, Brock Bowers, Georgia. Darren Absolute Hatch. tank. Their best pass catcher. He had a great year. He's going to have a great year next year. He might win it back-to-back years. Uh, ben Eric, Nagurski, both defense player of the year. Both went to Will Anderson. And the Lombardi for Nation's top player also went to Will Anderson. Will Anderson's a stud. Love him. Nation's top player. What does the What's the criteria for that? Um, I don't know. 
I, cause I, I, and the only reason I bring this up is because uh, Will Anderson had half the number of sacks he did last year. Uh, and I'm just like, I, I know he had a standout year last year, and you would be remiss to say that he wasn't better than Aiden Hutchinson last year. But I'm, I'm like, was he the best player this year? I mean, he was certainly good, and don't get me wrong. It's not like he didn't you know, contribute heavily to Alabama's defense. I don't, I wouldn't say he's the nation's top player. I feel like somebody else could have been maybe a little bit more deserving than that. So Lombardi is all defensive players. So it's like nation's top defensive player. Another one of those. Okay. That's fair. Uh, uh, and also that is a common thing. People are arguing like, Oh, Will Anderson didn't have that good a year, blah, blah, blah. Well, you got to look at it. Two things. One, have, coming back from that season, you're going to regress. It is almost yeah. impossible to take what you did the prior season as well, Anderson, and do even better. Oh, yeah. No, uh, absolutely. He also, I mean, if you watched Alabama football games, and I'm not saying you didn't, but you didn't watch as many as me, probably. Uh, he did impact the game more than just stats or just sacks, tackles. He had a bunch of TFLs. Uh, quarterback pressures were through the roof. He had a great year, even though he took a step back. I don't necessarily have an issue with non-Alabama fans arguing about that. I, I think, you know, point out that they're wrong, but I have an issue with Alabama fans arguing that. Wait, because arguing for or against it? Ag- arguing that Will Anderson did not have a good year. Oh, yeah, and I don't even mean to say, like... No, I, you know, I, I know you're not, but, like, as great a year. Yeah, he didn't have as great a year last year. It's kind of hard to go from fucking dumb as the most dominant player in the country to still the most, no, it's almost everyone does that. I think Clint Lamb tweeted out almost every dominant pass rusher in one year, then at a down year, the following year. So it's, it's common. Also Pete Golding's a fucking idiot who dropped him into coverage a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He shouldn't, should never be there. (laughs) He either dropped in coverage or stunt too much. No, you have Will Anderson. What you do is you'd say, Hey, Will go put your, Go in your three-point stance and go kill the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he, yeah, seriously. I mean, there he is – all he is is a faster defensive end is what he is. And he's just probably stronger defensive end, to be perfectly honest. He's he's not that tall, though, is he? He's 6'2", he's uh, right? 6'2"-ish. He's not absurdly tall, but, but – I mean, he's – absolute monster in terms of strength and power and all that jazz. And I'm not saying he's six, what? Four. Six, four. Okay. So, I mean, he's tall, but he's not like, he's not, he's not, yeah, yeah. he's not a giant basically against a, an enormous left or right tackle. That's, you know, six, seven, six, eight, that, you know, giants that weigh 300 pounds. But my point is more the fact that, uh, he, I think, Overall, uh, most of the teams will have adjusted to probably cover him. You know, put two guys on him all the time, stunt him with your uh, running back, tight ends, things like that, just to just to throw him off balance. Because that split second, the quarterback can get it that much quicker out of his hand, then you're good. That's probably why he dropped off so far in sacks, but the pressures were up and the tackles for loss were up is when throw a screen out of the backfield. He was probably all over him. So I, I, I understand. Yeah. Uh, he also won the lot impact trophy, which is outstanding defensive player. Uh, Jim Thorpe, outstanding defensive back. 
Travius Hodges, Tomlinson, TCU. That's two of the last three Thorpe Award winners coming from TCU, which is incredible. Uh, Lou Graza, place kicker. Christopher Dunn for NC State. I still hate the 2020 award for giving it to Jose Borregales instead of our sweet prince, Will Reichard. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, that's it. Oh, Broyles, uh, Garrett Riley, TCU offense coordinator. He had a great year. So that's really all the awards that I want to talk about. Karen, is there anything else you want to mention about these awards? Do you think anyone got robbed for anything? Not really. I, uh, you know, the one, I mean, really the only one that really matters is the Heisman and the other ones are just participation trophies. <laughs> That's fair. But with award season coming to an end, who do you think will win the 2023 Heisman? Oh, fuck. I have no idea. I haven't seen how well they perform in week one, let alone how I know that the, what they're going to do, you know, a year from now. Jesus. Who do you have? <laughs> uh, probably Drake May or Devin Leary, depending on where he goes. Drake May is a good pick. I like that. Yeah, and I was I was talking him up earlier uh, in the season, wasn't I? Yeah. Oh, what did I say last year that uh, Sam Howell was gonna win it? Or no? He, no, you it, said what? Sam Howell. I did. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought I did. I was so fucking wrong. He dropped off the face of the earth like three quarters of the way through the season, and I regret everything. That's fair. Well, the reason I ask is USA Today did their way too early Heisman candidates. So let's go through and grade them. Number one, Caleb Williams. It's not fucking happening. No. They're not giving it to the same guy in consecutive years ever again. Number two, Drake May. Good one. Number three, Cade Klubnik for Clemson. I actually don't hate that. He replaced DJU in the ACC championship game and dominated. That's not a terrible suggestion. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. for Washington. Eh, he had a good year. I don't know if he will have a great year next year. Uh, tight end Brock Bowers. Karen, you can jump in at any point if you want to talk about one of these guys. I mean, if Brock Bowers plays as well as he did under a more competent quarterback, i.e. not Stetson Bennett, then, yeah, I think he, he could have the potential for, like, the odd man out situation. Like, he'd be a finalist, but I don't think he'd ever actually win it, no matter how good he did. Yeah, he, he joined Ken McAfee for Notre Dame and Kyle Pitts for Florida as the only two tight ends in the top ten. Uh, he might have to line up in the backfield out wide and dominate those positions, too. It's yeah, possible Brock Bowers is good enough, but. Uh, next up, quarterback Jordan Travis for Florida State. I, I'm i not sure. And this is nothing against Jordan Travis. I think he has the skill to do it. I don't know if Florida State will be good enough next year. If you look at the last couple of winners, they have been from very good teams where they were the best player. I don't know if Florida State will be good enough. Yeah, I, I, he would he would have to literally outshine the rest of his team and B 
be contributing almost 75% of their total offense for him to even be a consideration. Yep. Um, Donovan Edwards, Michigan. If Blake Corum didn't get invited, I don't know if Donovan Edwards will, unless the voters are just sick of giving it to quarterbacks every year. It would be nice to see uh, Donovan Edwards get it, but I think it would be a bit of a slap in the face for Blake Corum, given how well he's done this year. Don't get injured then. Probably yeah, all. fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, that's that's a great point. And next up, Karen, you're going to like this one. Quarterback, Drew Aller, Penn State. Karen, can you do it? No, no chance. Um, as much as I w- you know, would hope for the best, I the offensive line would have to be significantly better for him to produce anything of substance uh, over a, over a year span. Don't get me wrong; he's very good. He will make the news uh, more so than Sean Clifford, but I just I don't see it happening. I mean, I'm rooting for him, but I, but I can't. I'm, I'm being realistic. So maybe not next year, but po- possibly the year after. Yeah, I could see it the year after. You know, provided he has, provided he keeps healthy and he has a good offensive line in front of him, he could definitely be in p- talking like maybe midway through the season. Fair, uh, and then. Uh, we're not going to talk about number 10. Number nine, Marvin Harrison, wide receiver for Ohio State. Uh, it, it took so long for a wide receiver to win it again after Desmond Howard. I don't see it. Um, I'm not saying he won't be good enough, but I'm saying the voters are, aren't going to do it. I, I mean, I, I get your point. I just think, I just think, I think Marvin Harrison's good enough to, to get it i again he'd have to have a like a, a stat a standout season against all the other talent ohio state has which will be hard to do but it it's one of those things it's like you know this is a year this is a year from now we're talking and you know you don't know about injuries that might occur or this that and the other thing that might occur people going down him having to step up taking more on more of a role um so he has the skill set to do it. Let's just say that. That's fair. Any any dark horses that you that we didn't talk about that you think we should have that should be in that way too early Heisman prediction conversation? Uh, actually, another Penn State guy, Singleton. Uh, he was an absolute monster in the backfield uh, this year, and I think that if Penn State can get a ground game going like they had in uh, under Saquon Barkley and Trace McSorley, I think that it would be devastating for Big Ten offenses. Fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, that would be cool to see a Penn State guy win it, actually. I feel it like was, they need a good... I feel like we, Penn State needs a win. We seriously do. We seriously need a win. It's been a, it's been a long time since 2016 where we lifted our one trophy under Franklin. <laughs> I think actually, here's a good point. That's a, this is a really good point. If Franklin can at least get one player to the Heisman and win it, I think his job would be completely safe for like, I don't know, 
two or three years extra <laughs> beyond the scope that he is right now. Fair. I I already mentioned Devin Leary, who wasn't on that list. I also don't hate the idea of Graham Mertz. I know I've been high on him in the past, and it, it has come back to bite me in the ass every Every time I say something nice about Graham Mertz, he goes out and throws like three picks and has a <laughs> sub 30 completion percentage. But he's visiting Florida. They have the ability, now not the ability, but they have the history around him. If Billy Napier can put it together, I wouldn't hate to see it. I don't think it'll happen. But let's just let's get Cade McNamara for Heisman going. Let's get an Iowa quarterback on the Heisman ballot. Let's do it. So that's it for this week. Uh, we tried not to be super depressing the entire time, even though it was hard. It was. Uh, but, again, rest in peace, Mike Leach. You will be missed by everyone. Thoughts and prayers go out to his family. And everyone have a good, safe, One, fun weekend. Two, three. So they wanted a stable presence, a guy without a lot of scandals, so they hired someone who killed Steve. Yeah, the LSU way. Just gonna put that out there, just so uh, we don't get sued. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, well, thank you for that. I'm not sure whether I should be offended or taken as a compliment, but but you know, <clears throat> go on. Put them both in a jousting tournament. It, none of it matters. Texas A&M's gonna go eight and four this year, and half those kids are gonna transfer. Are you sure? Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.